Hear the word of God from Psalm 1 and Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. These readings come from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find these readings on page, pages 424 and 957 in your pew Bible. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. For I want you to know how much I am struggling with you, and for those in Laodicea, And for all who have not seen me face to face, I want their hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am saying this so that no one may deceive you with plausible arguments. But though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, and I rejoice to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live, the, live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The word of God for the world. Thanks, Thanks for God. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. My name is Justin LaRosa. For those of you that don't know me, I'm uh, the minister of the downtown campus and often over in Magnolia. And so it's really grateful. I'm really grateful to be here today, pitch hitting for Kim, who is home sick today. So be, please keep her in your prayers. Today we uh, embark on the Forward Together series, which emerged out of Hyde Park's visioning process that we did over 18 months. And our hope over these next four weeks is that you will be energized to go deeper and wider together as we live out this vision plan and begin to implement its different parts. Today's sermon is just simply entitled, Deeper. And Colossians, which you listen to a little bit of a longer reading, uh, two readings today, and Psalm 1 hopefully will guide us as we learn how. So let's pray together. God, I give thanks for the gathered, for the people who got up early, who are here. We pray that our hearts and our minds and our ears might be open. I pray that your spirit might uh, illuminate whatever it is that you want us to hear deeply today. I pray that my words might aid and not hinder. In Christ's name, amen. So how many of you, if somebody just asked you this question, 
would say yes. How many of you want to grow deeper in your faith? How many of you want to grow deeper in your faith? How many of you would say, yeah, yeah, want to, yes? Good. I, I, would, I would suspect you're here at 8.30 in the morning. Nice work. Paul didn't have any idea about the people he was writing to in Colossians. He had never visited the church. In fact, he was in a prison cell. But he knew some things about the church. The letter in the opening, it says that he had heard of their faith in Christ Jesus, and he had heard about their love for other people. So they had faith, and they loved others well. But he also learned some other stuff about this church, too. He learned that they were getting some bad information about Jesus Christ, and he wanted to straighten that out as soon as he possibly could. You see, there were other teachers teaching some other things that didn't line up with what he was teaching. So Paul uses some very eloquent language to convey a very simple message, and here's the language he uses. He said that he would be praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding to lead lives worthy of Jesus and to bear fruit in every good work as they grow in the knowledge of God. Beautiful, beautiful words. What does it mean? In layman's terms, two words. He's saying to them, go deeper. Go deeper. This was the message for them, and I want to suggest to you that this is the message for us. But going deeper must confront something that's kind of baked into our inmost being, our natural instincts. It puts us face-to-face with a struggle. And the struggle is self-reliance. Self-reliance. I love how C.S. Lewis describes it. He describes it this way. He says, we regard God as an airman regards his parachute. It's there for emergencies, but he hopes he doesn't have to use it. The culture in which we're embedded, brothers and sisters, tells us that we must be rugged individuals. The more control we have in our lives, the better. And going deeper in the spiritual life erodes that sense of control. And that makes some of us, that makes me, scared. And if we're honest, if we're truly honest, at times in our lives, we much prefer self-sufficiency over God-reliance. Is that true? for you at times. But to go deeper, we'll have to move forward in God-reliance and move away from this reliance on our own skills and our own resources and our own talents. And if we don't, and if we don't take that initiative to begin that movement, life shows up. And life often shows us the folly of our reliance on ourselves. When something 
comes our way that we can't manage, whether it be disease or addiction or death or a fractured relationship in our lives that we can't fix or a couple trying to conceive and they can't or any other suffering that we would prefer to avoid but that's thrusted upon us that we can't shed by our own resources it exposes the reality that we're really not in as much control as we think we are and the good news about all of that is we don't have to wait for life's troubles to become more God-reliant. The Bible illustrates that if you want to find true freedom, if you want to try f- find true life, go deeper. Jesus said if you want to gain your life, lose it. If you want to hold on to your control, you will lose control. Just a few weeks ago, some of you remember We looked at Luke 5 when Jesus tells his first disciples to go out into the deeper water and to drop their nets. And not only did they catch more fish, but they caught a hold of a deeper and more meaningful life and calling to love others, a new purpose. So today in both scripture readings, we see the same metaphor. Paul says in verse 7, to be rooted and built up in Jesus and established in faith. And the psalmist begins the first psalm of all those psalms, and there's a lot of them, with one of the most prevalent images in the entire Bible, a tree. We see it in the first book, and we see it on the cross, and we see it here in the middle. And it's not... You know... The Bible calls us to be like a tree, and not just any tree, but a tree that's firmly planted near the stream, near the nutrients to make us grow. Firmly planted in God's word. You see, each of you had the seed of faith planted in you. You are made in the image of God. And because of that, you are good. But you are called to become more like Jesus. The question for you and for me and for our congregation in this time, in this place, is will we become more like Jesus by year's end? Will our roots of faith sink in? And will we go deeper? Will you go deeper? Will I go deeper? Now, you all put your hand up in the beginning. That's good. And I think that's the same desire that's been represented uh, in our vision survey. Over 700 of you responded to it. And a third of you, one third, admitted you were too busy in your schedules to carve out time for scripture reading in small group. More than half of you expressed feeling a bit unequipped to read the Bible every day. P.S. I'm reading Leviticus right now. I'm feeling unequipped. (laughs) I'm going through the Bible in a year. 
please play for me right now. But that not it true? Sometimes we open the Bible, or read the Bible, and there's parts that just like overwhelm us, and we're like, really? Really? So if that's you, you are not alone. Many of you remarked that you wanted to make prayer a deeper part of your life, but any of you ever started praying for someone, next thing you know, you're thinking about lunch? Or you're thinking about, oh my gosh, what do I got to do? And like you're, you, you, you notice for the last five minutes you've been thinking about anything but prayer? It happens to me. We want to grow in the word and we want to grow in our prayer. And none of us, I don't think any of us, if we're here today, want to regard God as a parachute to be only used in emergencies. We want to have God in our daily lives. And the vision plan that we're, you, we, are going to implement really has its first area that's called deeper. And this is what's written in it, if you uh, haven't read it. It says, we have a hunger for our own spiritual formation and a desire to invite others to experience the love of God found in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, we're not satisfied with our own progress. We need to hold ourselves accountable and be held accountable to living our lives in the way that Christ calls us. You see, teams of people have already begun working on implementing opportunities for you and me to deepen our discipleship, which is a fancy, churchy way of saying to become more like Jesus, to love God and love others and love enemies more and more and more and more. We plan to scratch the itch that some of you say that you have. We're going to make the Bible less scary, maybe. But we're going to let you wrestle with it. We're going to let you ask those questions you never, want to ask, you never wanted to ask growing up. We want to have you wrestle with these, these words that are hard to understand sometimes in our own culture. We want to help you with practices of prayer and how you can do it and how you might do silent prayer. And we want you to be able to do it in a safe environment. But the truth is, we're going to move forward together. And we don't have to wait for some people at the church to come out and give you opportunities. We, we don't have to wait till then. We can start right now. If you and I want to live lives worthy of Jesus, if we want to grow in the knowledge of God's will, if we want to bear fruit, which is a fancy way of saying making God's love real in the world, then we can just look at Psalm 1 and get some guideposts to help us and allow, and allow the Holy Spirit to mold us in this year of 2019. So let's jump into Psalm 1. If you have your little uh, insert, you can follow along there and write stuff down if you so choose. So the psalmist begins with, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. I love that line, scoffers. Any of you scoffing? You know, I know some people who scoff. None of you, of course, but I know some people. 
So how you, you know, who are you doing life with? Who are you surrounding your life with? Do you have people who are also trying to love more? Are you, do you have people trying to grow their relationship with Christ in the church who are involved in spiritual practices or are struggling like the rest of us? So here's the first way. If you want to go deeper, surround yourself with some spiritual friends. Surround yourself with some spiritual friends. Every Tuesday, I meet with uh, two groups, back-to-back, 6.30 a.m., 7.30 a.m. These are the men that hold me accountable. My 6.30 group is an accountability group, and we just talk about how the spiritual practices that we're going to do. The, the, we ask the question, how have you sinned? We've one of them sitting in the, the congregation today, and, and sometimes we ask, who is it that you need to forgive? Important questions to love others. These guys are my lifeblood. They're not afraid to challenge me as well in my growth. Because you know what? Following Jesus isn't easy, brothers and sisters. If anyone told you it is, they're lying to you. Loving is hard, It's hard. And we need others to help us along in the journey. So look around your life. Is there anybody that's not great for your spiritual growth? I'm not saying that we shouldn't hang out with people who aren't Christians or who, you know, are crazy or whatever. I mean, whatever. I love hanging out with crazy people, both inside and outside the church. I love it. But we need a group of spiritual friends to provide the scaffolding in our lives to love. So, the best place you can find that is here. I know this group over here that sing together take care of each other in a profound way. Some of you might not have a small group. I see Greg back there. He's been in a group for years, he and his wife been leading a group for years if you don't have a group find one find some spiritual friends to grow your relationship with God to go deeper so the psalmist also says in this line it says their delight I assume that's us is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night now remember they were talking about 674 laws or something like that I don't have the bandwidth to remember all those I think the law that we're talking about is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That means we've got to look at what are we putting into our minds and our souls. In Proverbs 23, there's a saying, and it's, uh, it goes like this. For as one thinks in their heart, so is he. As we think, we become. That means if we put garbage in, garbage out. And that's the second spiritual guide. Garbage in, garbage out. I've got a friend who um, is on politics all the time. All the time. Watching Fox News and then flipping to MSNBC and then going to CNN and seeing what all the 
people are saying. And I've suggested to him, it's made him very angry. Um, I've suggested to him, that's political pornography for you. And you need to shut it down. Because it's not informing him. It's making him cynical. Garbage in, garbage out. Maybe it's some of the reason, maybe that's, you know, depending on what we're putting in, maybe that's sometimes why we're having difficulty praying or setting, a time, setting aside time for God because we're filling our spirit with junk field. I was watching this show on Netflix that wasn't life-giving at all, but I was binge-watching it. <laughs> I actually was in, don't tell Caroline, she's not here. I, I had it on my phone, over the covers, watching it, at two in the morning. Garbage in, garbage out. Perhaps some of you are looking at websites you shouldn't look at. But is there something that you could replace that with? Could you set up a time to listen to Pray As You Go podcasts on your way into work to set your day straight? Could you follow along with the church in the, in the, in the readings or... Maybe just get on your knees every morning and say, God, I give this day to you. Something to get, start that rhythm. The uh, psalmist uh, concludes with, there are like, They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful image? You know, a few years ago, I was in Colorado, and I went on a, um, a hike with this, this guided guy who knew a lot about stuff, a lot of stuff. And the, he pointed out when we were walking these beautiful aspen trees. Have you all ever seen those when they're, when they're in color? They're just absolutely beautiful. And he told us all about them. And, and, and it was fascinating to me. This is what he said. He said, these trees grow up to 130 feet and they can live up to... 150 years, and they grow in large clonal colonies. I didn't know what that meant, but I'm going to tell you. What that means is the entire forest of aspens are derived from one seedling, just one. And from that one seedling, the forest comes up. And what else is super interesting about that is when the individual trunks die, a new, new ones sprout back up into new trees from those dead trunks because they share a singular root system. It's one organism underneath. Allegedly, now I couldn't find this online. A couple of people told me this. It said it's the largest organism in the world in Utah and they're called pando colonies pando colonies do we have any Latin scholars here anyone know what that means the pando means I spread pando colonies with a singular root system that apparently can be seen and viewed from space this colony in Utah has uh, something like a hundred 
acres. It's just, it's just amazing. And scientists estimate, this is so fascinating to me, that they have been around from 80,000 to a million years. One seedling. And it's constantly regenerating. Why am I telling you all this? Jesus Christ is our seedling. And we, each one of us sitting here today and the people that are worshiping right down the street and people that are living in Africa and Australia and all over the world who are following Jesus are a part of that living, breathing organism called the body of Christ. Why does this matter? This matters because people generations from now, I mean generations upon generations from now, because of you, because of Hyde Park, because of the work that we do to grow in our faith, will come to know the love found in Jesus Christ. People will sprout because of you, because of that young, young man in the back, that young child. Someday, generations from now, somebody could sprout out from the singular root system. And by so doing, as we go deeper together and we become more like Jesus, God's abundant life that is found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus will be proclaimed. And that is worth doing the deal. So surround yourself with spiritual friends. Put in the nutrients into your head and heart so what comes out is beauty. And last but not least, pando. Spread because of Jesus Christ spread and share up with others. And you know what? The beauty of all this is, is you don't have to do it alone and you can't. And we're going to do it together. Let's pray together. God of, God of love, God of light, we give thanks for this, uh, this gathering today. We give thanks for the gift that we're about to receive through communion. We pray that we might open our hearts. If there's stuff we need to um, prune out of our lives, in this short, brief silence, we lift it to you. Fill us with your spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We respond to God's uh, word which we will meditate on day and night with our uh, gifts and offerings.